Welcome into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. A special postcast edition for BYU as they beat Liberty in football 31-24. to We'll also get to some thoughts on BYU and San Diego State in basketball as well. A big double header in Provo that we previewed on yesterday's podcast. We want to get you some thoughts after a fun day of BYU sports for the Cougars. So a lot to cover on today's edition of Locked On Cougars, this post special postcast edition of Locked On Cougars, brought to you by our title sponsor, as always, Deseret First Credit Union. Can't thank them enough for their continued support of the podcast. Let's break it all down. Let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars, special postcast edition, November 9th edition of the podcast. Let's go. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, and can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the podcast. Well, uh, up and down day if you're a BYU sports fan in general, but an up day if you're a BYU football fan. The Cougars beat the Liberty Flames 31-24, to probably closer than most BYU fans anticipated and or would have liked to seen BYU do in that game. But the old adage is a win is a win is a win, and BYU gets the win 31-24. to They're now right a three-game winning streak to a 5-4 and overall record. They'll play Idaho State next week, expected to win that game handily and become Bowl eligible and play in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl on on December 24th, Christmas Eve, out there in Honolulu, Hawaii, at Aloha Stadium. Uh, interesting game all the way around for BYU football because they came into this game. A lot of people thought, you know what, if they can get up to a big lead, they might be able to uh, throw a guy like Joe Critchlow out there, get him in some reps, as and let him play for BYU a little bit. But you got to tip your cap to Liberty. Hugh Freeze's team came in with nothing to lose. They were 17 point underdogs at kickoff. That line had opened up at almost 20 and a half points, so a lot of money poured in on Liberty. And obviously, against the spread, uh, Liberty covered that if you had them covering the point spread as they only lose by seven points. And I've got to tip my cap to Hugh Freeze and his program. They have aspirations, stated aspirations, does the Liberty University of becoming BYU or Notre Dame for evangelicals. And they played with their hair on fire. They fought, they scratched, they clawed, they stayed in this game against BYU. And it's a credit to them for just for continuing to battle. That's the biggest thing I took away from this. Is It felt like there were multiple points where BYU was going to pull away, put the flame to bed and and pick up the win, but Liberty refused to give in. And I there's something to be said for that. Uh, you have to tip your cap to them and say, you know what, you guys battled. They played well, but all the same, BYU wins this game, 31 to 24. A lot of offense in this game. The two teams going over 400 yards each in this. BYU finishing with 471 total yards to Liberty's 431. You would have liked to have seen BYU's uh, defense obviously play a little bit better. But Liberty, once again, I was really impressed with what they had on offense. Uh, mo- most of all, Antonio Gandy-Goldman. That young man, six foot four, 210, 220 pounds, and he was a man amongst boys out there for BYU. And I was really impressed with what I saw from that young man. Also, Stephen Buckshot Calvert, the starting quarterback for the Liberty Flames, playing in his 40th consecutive start for Liberty. Really, I thought, was an impressive athlete. Uh, Calvert finishes the game 303 passing yards with three touchdowns, no interceptions. Gandy Golden, a uh, 
completes the game with 10 receptions, 162 yards, and one TD. They were countered by Baylor Romney, who made a second start for BYU. He went for 262 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Micah Simon was BYU's leading receiver on the night. A good showing for for that young man. Seven receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown for his efforts in that game. And he also tossed a touchdown pass to Matt Bushman on a trick play, a double pass, reminiscent of the double pass that BYU scored against Wisconsin a year ago during the 2018 football season. So credit to Liberty, most of all, that they came in and battled, fought, and they they refused to go away, plain and simple. They were a, a good test for BYU. I felt like BYU was a little lackadaisical early on. There obviously will be some uh, play calling uh, things that would look back and say, you know what, why did we call that there? I think none more so than the fake field goal uh, late in the game. It would have been a 48, 47, 40, 47 or 48 yard field goal, pending who you kind of asked. Jake Oldroyd instead, they fake the field goal. He runs and gets tackled short of the line to gain. And uh, I saw some people on Twitter saying that if he would have stretched that play out, really run towards the corner, he might have gotten the first down, but you're asking a guy whose main responsibility is to kick, doesn't play a, a field position for BYU, to kind of understand that, hey, I, if I get to the corner here, I can get the first down. That's a tough situation to put that young man in. Uh, they obviously felt like they had an advantage uh, somehow, speaking of BYU on that play. And they come up short. And BYU also got bailed out that Gandy Golden dropped a, a pass on 4th and 21 that would have converted a first down with, I think, 24 seconds to go in that game. Just simply dropped it. He was right on the sideline. Would have been a first down conversion. Breathed a little bit of life into Liberty, but he drops the pass and BYU escapes by the skin of their teeth with that 31-24 to victory. But Biggest thing is BYU got the win. That's all that matters at the end of the day. You won the game, and BYU improves to five and four on the year. The Liberty Flames are six and four now. They are—I know they have the six wins, but they're still not bowl eligible as they have played two FCS opponents this year. They need to get to seven wins. They have two games remaining to do that. They'll be at uh, Virginia in two weeks. Bronco Mendenhall coaching that team, obviously, and they'll also play New Mexico State in their uh, regular season finale on Thanksgiving weekend. BYU, meanwhile, has three games remaining on their schedule. It'll be senior day next week as they take on Idaho State, the Bengals from the Big Sky Conference at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That game's scheduled to kick off at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll be televised on BYU TV and also ESPN3. Uh, We'll have an online stream of that game if you're not able to make it out to the game. Good afternoon slot. It looks like the weather should be decent in Provo considering November, and then BYU will finish up the season, the regular season in particular, with two back-to-back road games at UMass and at San Diego State. I'm expecting BYU will handle both of their next opponents pretty handily, but I thought they would handle Liberty pretty handily. So what do I know when it comes to these games? It's tough to win football games. I think that's the biggest thing we can take away is these programs, they're motivated to win games. Liberty has won at a decent clip since joining the FBS ranks. Uh, They're going to be bowl eligible this year. I think they'll beat New Mexico State at minimum, likely to lose to Virginia, but they should be bowl eligible. We'll see if they're rewarded with a bowl game in just their second year in FBS football. And I think that's a program that is on the rise, y'all. They're going to be an independent for the foreseeable future. They're kind of like BYU, a religious institution that doesn't necessarily have uh, a a foothold, per se, of where they could go for a conference. It doesn't seem like many conferences stepping forward to be like, hey, join our conference, Liberty. It's similar to what BYU is dealing with. But they fought, they clawed, they scratched, and ultimately BYU prevailed in the end. 31-24, to they win the game. And now you kind of turn your attention. uh, Not kind of, you turn your attention 
Washington now to Idaho State. Should be a fun senior day. Should be able to get an opportunity to get some guys into into that game you would expect uh, that have not seen a lot of action this season, particularly those upperclassmen who may be departing the program at season's end. But uh, all the same, tonight's game, a win for BYU. Uh, plenty of stuff to correct, obviously. You, you gave up another 431 yards. Liberty refused to go away. BYU defensively couldn't stop Antonio Gandy-Golden. Uh, Buckshot Calvert completed plenty of passes. What, 27 of 45 on the night? No interceptions. BYU wins this game despite losing the turnover battle. Sione Finau had a fumble as well as the interception by Baylor Romney. BYU loses the turnover battle to uh negative two in the turnover margin but they still win the game so you just take it and move on plain and simple folks i know that it didn't look pretty it wasn't sexy it wasn't what you expected going into this game but byu all that matters at the end of the day is having more points than the other team has and byu did just that winning that game by seven points and now they move on all right so there you go some of my thoughts on the byu football game uh let me get to some of the thoughts on the byu basketball program before we do that though a reminder for you guys that deseret first credit union is our title sponsor here here on Locked On Cougars. Can't thank them enough for their continued patronage of this podcast. It's a blast to have them on board. Love having them on board. Give them a call if you have any questions regarding your financial situation, particularly if you're looking to refinance your home loan potentially. Call them 801-456-7070 801-456-7070 or visit them at dfcu.com to learn more about Deseret First Credit Union and all of their offerings to their members. All right, guys, let's take a minute and talk some BYU basketball here. They hosted former Sandy, a former Mountain West Conference rival San Diego State at the Marriott Center. The first time the Aztecs have been back in the Marriott Center, Center since 2011, uh, the year when Jimmer Fredette was absolutely going off his duels back and forth with Kawhi Leonard. BYU comes up short in this one, losing to San Diego State 76-71, to and this is a game that you look back and there are multiple things that BYU could have done better in this game. They struggled in the first half shooting from three-point range and that's, I think, going to that's gonna loom large in BYU fans' minds when it comes to this game. Uh, San Diego State, conversely, hit big and timely threes overall. They did a great job. Jordan Shockle, I, I, I was dealing with a football game. I didn't necessarily get a great read on how to pronounce his name correctly. He was a monster for San Diego State in this game. Uh, comes off and goes 5 of 7 from downtown, leads the Aztecs with 19 overall po- points. Uh, Malachi Flynn had 17 points of his own for San Diego State in the win. And credit to San Diego State. They made the bigger plays down the stretch. BYU unable to hit big, timely shots and get timely rebounds and stops when they needed them. And they come up on the short in 76 to 71. Um, BYU side of things, Jake Toulson led the way for the Cougars, shooting 7-13 for 18 points overall. He was joined by TJ Hawes, who scored 13 points, and Alex Barcelo adding 11 points of his own. But BYU as a team, 33% from three excuse me, 8 of 24 from downtown. That will not get it done when countered with what San Diego State did. 9 of 20 from downtown, 45% from 3. The Aztecs shot 44% to BYU's 44%. So it was even on the overall field goals, but you make more threes at the end of the day, and that proves to be the difference. I really liked what BYU showed in the second half. They came out, they were down 9 at halftime. They come out and go on an 11-0 run to take the lead, and they fended off San Diego State 
State, for the most part in that second half, every time that it felt like San Diego State tried to make a run, BYU had a counter for them. And then with about three minutes to go, San Diego State started hitting critical shots, getting critical stops. They got the rebounds that BYU will kind of uh, kick themselves for not getting. And they make the plays down the stretch that ultimately win them the game. I think this is a game that BYU basketball can learn from. I think that it, they'll only improve from here. They're, this is a team that still struggles in the rebounding department. We saw that most of all today. Uh, BYU back on the court Wednesday night when they play in the Maui Gym Invitational Campus game against in-state foe Southern Utah. Southern Utah come off a shocking double overtime victory at Nebraska, a Big Ten team, uh, off to an 0-2 start now after the Thunderbirds went out to Lincoln and stunned them in double overtime, 79-78. So you can guarantee that uh, Todd Simon and his SU youth T-Birds are coming to Provo with a lot of confidence coming off that win and BYU nursing their wounds a little bit licking their wounds and trying to get back into a win mode and I, like I said I think the San Diego State game will prove to be a benefit for the Cougars they're a team that's very much going to live and die by the three they're going to shoot threes at a high clip to kind of counteract the fact that they don't have a lot of size on the interior and when you only hit on only 33% of your threes it can prove to be a big time difference maker in this game granted San Diego State only hit one more three pointer than the Cougars did but they hit they make one more that's three points there a couple of free throws down the stretch and there you go a five-point victory for San Diego State so going back to my original point I think this is a measuring stick game BYU comes up a little bit short but they will learn from this game and hopefully be better for it they play Southern Utah coming up and then they've got a big time game on Friday they quick turnaround they play Wednesday night in Provo make a quick flight down to Houston which Houston is a very good program they'll play that game Friday night at seven o'clock Mountain time on ESPNU. So there's a big week ahead for BYU. If you can pick up two wins, it kind of erases the bad taste left in BYU fans' mouths and obviously the BYU basketball players will have that foul taste in their mouth as well with that loss to San Diego State. But they can't let it linger. That's the biggest thing. You can't let San Diego State beat you twice when you have a team like Southern Utah who's coming off a big-time emotional win in Lincoln. They're coming to Provo. They don't get to play the Cougars very often. Uh, Southern Utah, not a great RPI team, so BYU has not scheduled them very often. So you know that Southern Utah is going to try and uh, notch another uh, big-time win in their book when they come to Provo Wednesday night, and it'll be incumbent upon BYU to make sure that they're ready to go from tip-off and don't allow that loss to San Diego State to to linger because you don't want to let an opponent beat you twice because you have to just move on, plain and simple. It can be tougher to move on after big-time games like this one against San Diego State, but it, it's going to be on Mark Pope and his staff to get his guys get get their guys to focus on the next game and not look back. You always got to look forward. It's easier said than done. Uh, obviously, anybody who's played sports understands that, but it's important that BYU just lets this game go, understands, hey, we, t- we took the L, need to move on now. We have an opportunity now to beat Southern Utah Wednesday Wednesday night, and then we have a big-time game at Houston. If we can go beat the Cougars at their house down there in Houston, would be a big-time win for the Cougars. So we'll preview that more next week as those games get a little bit closer, but a tough loss on the hardwoods for BYU. Before we go, I do need to give a massive shout-out to Jennifer Rockwood and the BYU Women's Soccer Program, ranked number four in the country. They finish off the regular season undefeated with an 8-1 emphatic victory over Loyola Marymount tonight at Southfield. Massive win for the Cougars. Undefeated selection, I think Monday or is it Sunday, coming up here. We'll see where BYU is seeded in the national tournament. I'm hopeful they get a top four 
seed because they're deserving of it. They have been magical. They have been impressive all season long and obviously not taking an L at any point this season, only being tied once, 18-0-1 on the season. Just a truly impressive showing from the BYU Women's Soccer Program, and I wanted to give them a shout-out before we wrapped up today's podcast. All right, that'll do it for me, a special postcast edition of BYU uh, with BYU basketball, football, and soccer all going on. We'll have a full recap of all the other sports for you on Monday's edition of the podcast. Can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. It is a pleasure to be with you guys each and every day. I truly do love doing this podcast, and I hope you guys find it of worth as well. Please subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcatcher you use, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Those five-star reviews, they're worth their weight in podcast gold. And can't thank you guys enough in advance for taking the time to give us those ratings and reviews. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. And also, you can always drop the show a note via email by emailing us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Until Monday, we'll talk to you soon. This has been Locked On Cougars for November 9th, 2019.